Hello and welcome back to the Trojan Years. Hey, all right. Well, it's back for episode number, are we up to number nine now? We are on episode nine. I know that you've had in the past these just wonderful, air quotes, wonderful <laughs> little tidbits relating what number episode we're on to some sort of ridiculous pop culture thing that I am uh, vaguely aware of. So why don't you take it away well, and what did you cook up for us today? Well, I was I was a big Game of Thrones fan. Al, you, you were also a big Game of Thrones fan, right? Do you know I, what the Game of Thrones was? It's a... <laughs> television program correct <laughs> it was a television okay. program all right that they usually had 10 episodes per season uh -huh. and you know what the ninth episode was the biggest the best you had baylor you had the red wedding the battle of the bastards some of the most iconic episodes were the second to last episode of the season so you know what i think we better bring it too because this ninth episode is our second to last episode oh, we're gonna go 10 episodes God. and we've got a loaded episode here i i'm not gonna say it's better than the battle of the bastards but we do have two of our favorite bastards from high school on with us tonight. That's Ryan Haller and Matt Wolf, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. This is going to be huge. Yeah. Penultimate episode, a double feature for the guests. Yep. This is our first double feature booking. Four people on that. I, I, I don't think we could. I, I don't know how we're going to top this with our final episode. Spotify cannot hold this episode. Spotify alone will not be able to contain the greatness that's about to spew forth during this episode. Well, let's get going with it. Let's check on in with things. We got some things that we've learned since our last couple episodes. Okay. Al, you have some big news to share with us from Aaron Shoesmith. What is it? The huge news is that the Trojan Vision tapes yeah. that she uh -huh. alluded to, they exist. Okay? Oh, my and goodness. they are in our possession. <laughs> well, we, we got to give them to the people. We, at, at a point in the future, yeah. we will give them to the people. TBD. Oh. You got to tease this out. That's now, how you get the clicks. That's how you get the listens, okay? Al, is it as good as I think it's going to be? Good? Even better. Oh. I've previewed some of this. Yes, yes. And uh, I had to avert my gaze. It was so powerful material. Let, let me just, is there any, I don't know, Jason Detweiler in a Speedo? We have, that moment has been brought up several times uh -huh, uh -huh. throughout this podcast. Yes, yes. There is visual proof of Jason Detweiler and Espino in these Trojan Vision tapes that you, the public, will soon have access to. I, I that that's all <laughs> that's all we need to know. That's yeah, all we need to know. We're ready to go. Hey Al, I also have uh, some good news. We have a message. What we got today from Sally Baldwin. Sally? Sally Baldwin. Mrs. Baldwin here. Well, she uh, came up quite a bit because of like some serious injuries <laughs> well, in her art classes. Both Aaron and Kylie Shaw mentioned how much they love Sally Baldwin. She said that she listened to the episodes, and in her own words, she said, they gave this old gray-haired retired teacher quite a boost of spirit. <laughs> she, though, she, must, she did say she thinks my mom was definitely Kitty. And she thinks Ashley Stone was very much Hyde. Okay, that's so, good. <laughs> so I think she she uh, she agrees with us on our Hyde. I did bring up, hey, those safety protocols. We need to talk about those at one time. <laughs> yes. And she just said safety protocols with a laugh emoji. Yeah. So that's Sally for you right that's, there. But it also tells you how hip Sally was because she was watching that 70s show right along with us back in the day. She was. And oh. she, she had that down. What, so. a, what a lady. What a lady. Hey, Al. I, I don't think we can get any further into this episode before we mention our sponsor. We got to pay some bills. We, we do. With the zero dollars that this, this <laughs> business gave us because yes. they are no longer around. But through our high school career, they were a go-to place. Mm -hmm. It is the, the bowling, bowling alley. alley. Yeah. The bowling alley. Zero to 18. Yep. 
they had something for everyone. Were oh, you, absolutely. Were you in a bowling league when you were a kid? I never did a bowling league. Okay. Uh, bowling league. My brother Tyler, uh-huh. he did participate in a bowling league. It was fun to go watch him on Saturday mornings absolutely. bowl. Um, but it was also fun for us Friday nights when we would go with a bunch of friends and see if we could hit a hundred. Like, <laughs> are we going to make rarely fools of did. ourselves? I rarely did. Well, and then you know they. They had the bowling when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Then they added the arcade zones. Oh, Do you remember zones. zones, the arcade? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Blew through lots of dollars there at the <laughs> at the arcade trying to win some, you know, prize that I could have just walked down to Toy Works. <laughs> and you mean is that the one owned by KB Toys? <laughs> we're not doing it again. We're not doing it again. <laughs> that I could have bought for cheaper at Toy Works, but you know, you had the winning it at the arcade yep. felt so good. Oh, that was it was it was the best feeling in the world. You got your friends there for good bowling. They they did an awesome job there. The Milligan family. I know Kathy was in our class, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, her parents, so good to everyone in there. And I know the bowling alley just went out a year or so ago. Yeah, not too long. Um, ago. But a lot of good memories there. I believe one of my favorite memories from either high school or post high school was a little bet that you and I made in a uh, bowling match. And I believe your team beat my team. Okay. So I had to end up mowing your lawn uh, wearing a dress. I do remember that. And, and I, I think, you know, there's a picture of that that I've seen recently I, as well. I, I, I do remember my. Michael Boblik, uh, your dad, coming on out <laughs> and uh, giving me a few tips on yeah. uh, how to mow and yeah. give me a little bit of constructive feedback. Yeah, let's well, say. you got to keep the lines clean. Uh, it, it's all the about the clean, clean lines. But that the bowling alley in a nutshell, a great place and one of those true Sturgis treasures. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you to the bowling alley. We miss you. We miss the, the great nights of rock and bowl down at the bowling alley and all sorts of fun. So, yeah, I hope we have as many great memories of the bowling alley as we do. Mm hmm. Speaking of people with great memories here, hey, I hear we uh, have some people who uh, have given us a little info on where are they now. Yeah, two new where are they now updates tonight. The first I have is Andy Elmore. Oh, Andy Elmore. Yes, and he's come up a couple times already on the show. He was the, the leader, the president of D.A.R.E. Uh, sad. Uh, sad. Sad. Students was, Against okay. Destructive Decisions. Yes. Andy Elmore <laughs> was the leader of our Students Against Destructive Decisions. We're clear on that, right? We are clear on he that. He was the leader. <laughs> so where is he now, Al? Well, let's see. It looks like he is... He took his own advice. He heeded his own advice, and he, uh, you know, he steered clear of any sort of destructive decisions. Currently, he lives in Houston, Texas, oh, nice. with his wife, April, who was a Bronson 2001 grad. Didn't your dad... And James Miller's dad teaching Bronson? Yes. And so she would like to give a shout out to my dad and Mike Miller, two of the great Bronson Mikes, Mike Boblick and Mike Miller, had our dads in school over in Bronson. Andy, if you're listening right now, you got to talk April into doing a podcast about the Brunson <laughs> class of 2001. I want to hear some of these Mike Boblick and James Miller's dad, uh, Mike Miller stories. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so they live in Houston. As a 15-year-old son, his Andy's stepson, he works for the Baroque Tool Company. Oh, nice. Yeah. To answer a couple other questions, see, he went to Congress. Hey. Arden Park, Geraldine, and Wall. So he kind of did a, a, oh, a my tour goodness. of the elementaries. The only thing he didn't go to, Holy Angels. Holy <laughs> Angels. No, no, no. I couldn't get on that group text. <laughs> and then, of course, obviously, all at Eastwood with the rest of us. Ooh, let's see, some high school jobs. He worked at Con D Manufacturing. Okay. I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds interesting. He did some building and installing of docks on local lakes and building and repairing boat lifts and jet ski lifts. Okay. Sounds kind of interesting. Sounds like a neat job. Yeah, some some, uh, hands-on jobs in high school. (laughs) Get you outside, which is Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. 
Oh man, favorite favorite memories. He's got a lot. Well, and as President of said, why would you not have Absolutely. a lot? Absolutely. So uh, he wants to give a big shout out to the seniors on the wrestling team. He was oh, a wrestler. I'm gonna That's guess. That's right. He did wrestle. Yeah, he was he? a wrestler. And the big thing is, senior year, the seniors were always the team captains. Mm-hmm. Okay. So listen mm-hmm. to this lineup of okay. team captains that he served with. The, this leadership <laughs> this group. Le- yes, cabal or uh-huh. whatever you want to call it. It's Andy Elmore. Yeah. Jared Feebig, okay. Dave Carey, All right. Brad Barkby, okay. and Drew Desjardins. Those are the team captains <laughs> for wrestling. <laughs> he sums it up with perf- succinctly, perfectly. He said it was pure chaos and nonsense at all times. I, with that group, I don't think that anyone is under any other impression. No. And it's good to know, though, Brad Barkby, captain 20 years ago. Head coach now. Head coach now, yeah. So their leader, you know, it paid off. They mm-hmm. sort of worked together, built some leadership skills, and uh, yeah, Brad Barkley's doing a great job running the show nowadays. Now, did he have any teachers he wanted to give a uh, shout out to here? Yeah, some great names here. Mrs. Gorsuch. Oh man. Mr. Goodlock, mm-hmm. always staying safe and staying legal. <laughs> Mrs. Newsbaum and Mrs. David. Oh, Mrs. David. Now I know for a fact that Miss David listens to these episodes. Miss David. Andy Elmore remembers you to this day. Yep, You're yep. doing a good job there. Quite an impression you've left on that young man. So great update from Andy. I know after after high school, after college years, I'd come back and I'd pl- go for a round of golf and play golf with Josh Singleton, Andy Elmore, uh, be out there and hit the ball nice. around the links, and that was a heck of a lot of fun. So it was great to hear from Andy and see how he's doing these yeah. days. Hey, I got an update too. Stacy Bell, now Richardson, okay. married Aaron Richardson from our class. Hey, uh, all married right. in 2007. They're living in Sturgis. Uh, she received a bachelor's and a master's in accounting and then decided that the business corporate world wasn't for her. So with a degree in business, mm-hmm. she decided to go back and become a teacher. Oh, you fool. <laughs> you could have had it made. A big heart. Uh, big heart. Yes. She began substitute teaching, just finished her master's in special education. Nice. So now she's teaching at Sturgis Middle School. That's spectacular. So she is back in the Sturge, teaching in the middle school. That's she has two great. kids, uh, 14 and 11. Uh, both attend Sturgis. Uh, I know uh, her uh, oldest son, uh, I do believe, is at the high school okay. now. I see pictures of him on Facebook all the time, uh, the dress-up days. And let me tell you, they're they're a hoot. Uh, Stacy makes sure that they uh, get involved, and it's great to see. Well, and you'll see it. She's a three-time cosplay champion competing at Comic-Cons in multiple states. If you are friends with her on Facebook, you see some of the amazing stuff that Stacy does. It is really cool. Does historically inspired cosplay, uh, pop culture influences, and has photos with 90 celebrities, including people like Carrie Fisher and Michael J. Fox and Paula Shore and John Travolta, to name a few. You know, so that's not, impressive. Not too bad there. You know, I'm going to say this podcast blows up anymore. We might have to get our own signatures on that Hall of Fame. You I, know, I, you know what, Stacy, <laughs> just just call us. We'll we'll meet you at some like, I don't know, Speedway. You can get a picture with us. Yeah, if you want to cosplay with us. Uh, well, I, probably just whatever you're wearing is fine. <laughs> For sure. Um, at, but you know what? You know where she learned all of these amazing skills? Uh, you know where she became the person she is? Where, where was Wall, it? Wall School. Wall School. Wall School, right there. So you got Andy from uh, Congress and Wall. You got uh, Stacy from Wall. Excellent. Uh, hey, Al, you know what? I think it's time to check on in. We, we have a few more awards, some senior superlatives that we haven't gotten to I yet. Do, I do let's, enjoy let's these. Let's check in, in on this these. This is way better than the quotes. Yes. How about, you know what? How about most helpful? Ooh. Who are some of the most helpful people in our class? Now, I think we nailed one of these, and we got one of these way wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> most helpful, we have Casey Gray, yeah, now uh-huh. Casey Church. Yes. The kindest soul that I, I remember her way back in con- a Congress kid. Okay. Uh, Mr. Right. Waddell's class, just incredibly kind. 
always willing to go the extra mile, lift the extra finger just to help Absolutely. somebody else. She was our uh, student body secretary our okay. senior year. And I'm telling you, there could not have been a better person to work with. The reason we were as organized as we were, she kept great records. She was always stayed calm. She was fantastic. There's nobody who was better at her job in student government than she was. Yeah, and the secretary uh, position is like a, a thankless job. It's a thankless job. And here, here's my, Tacey. Thank you for being yeah. such a great secretary yeah. for us. She is now in Northwest Ohio. She married uh, Daniel and has two boys. She's now working as a special education teacher. So look at this. Some great people, both Casey, yeah. uh, both uh, Stacy and Casey becoming special education yeah. teachers. Both had big hearts. We always knew they'd do uh, great things for humanity, and now they are. That's spectacular. And then the other most helpful is Joey Wood. I, that's the one we got wrong. <laughs> we blew it, guys. We blew it. All right. How about most gullible here? Okay, most gullible. Now, we talked about we talked about one of these guys. We did a senior quote from, from him earlier, mm -hmm. and that is Mike Thing. He oh, was one of the most gullible. Mike Thing. I, I could see that as most gullible. Yes. I think we got that yeah, one right. Maybe head, is cloud, head in the clouds a little bit, mm -hmm. but just a great guy but, overall. But you know what? That gullibility, it took him pretty well. Mike just retired after 20 years with the Navy, where he lived in both Virginia and Florida, and now he's in North Carolina. He lives with his wife, Holly, and their kids. So it looks like he's doing a great job here. That's Hey, retired after 20 years? I, <laughs> who, who were the gullible ones? That's what I'm saying. I'm working my butt off still. You're working your butt off. That guy's living retirement. Oh, okay. my all gosh. Right. Let me go back and do it all over again. No, I could not hang a day in the Navy. Shout out to you, Mike. Our other most gullible? Who we got? We got Angie Milliman, now Perez. Okay. Angie Perez. Uh, she lives in Sturgis with her husband, Abe. They're doing double duty. She is the mother of both a senior at SHS and a two-year-old. Wow. That, wow. I cannot imagine. Nope. In fact, actually, one of her, do you remember the bench? The bench that sat by the lockers going into the band hallway. Yeah, there's where the, the, uh, the vending machines were there. Vending machine, you had benches there. We'd sit on those benches all the time. Do you know that Angie's son helped give a facelift to the SHS bench? Wow. It looks spectacular. That's now. amazing. What a guy. So, I wonder if they still charge uh, a quarter for a cosmic brownie <laughs> in that vending machine. I'm going to guess it's a little bit higher yeah, than that. So, that's a bummer. So Mike and Angie are most gullible, uh, doing real well now. All right. So we got a new bit. Oh, it's a great bit. We scrapped the quotes. I, I, I have a heavy heart getting rid of the quotes, yeah. but I do agree. The recasting is a much better bit. Well, there's so much buzz about it. It's And it's so conversational. Yes. It invites a lot of additional discussion. Well, I, I think it also helped that we had probably the smartest person we know help cast uh, that 70s Very show. Very true. Very true. Um, I do have one addition, though. Okay. I was thinking about it the other day. Bob. We didn't cast Bob. Not as that. Yeah. I think we have a couple of good ones in there. I just want to throw out Bud Haller. Bud Haller. Gosh, you couldn't ask for a better guy. Could you have a better like fun loving dad right there oh man absolutely not no. I, a lot of life you have a conversation with bud haller yes you'll get life lessons life stories from him and you'll come away a changed person absolutely yeah. so i i think we did a fantastic job there mostly because savina did a fantastic yep. job and she dragged us along yeah but i do think that we we can do this again we can do this without our ivy league uh, friend here i think we can recast a show and i think there's one show that we need to do what's that well I think we need to be there for you. Friends. Friends. Let's find those friends. Let's find those oh, friends. Okay, here. this is nice. So this is a little bit different, you know. Yes. They were they were past the high school age oh, yes. in this show. 
but I think it still fits well there. Sort of that young coming of age time in their lives where your friends are your family. Yes. You know, that was the base of the show. And the show was all about not only relationships, but the personalities of these six yeah. Titan characters. Yeah. So we're going to need a Ross. We're going to need a Chandler. Mm-hmm. We're going to need a Joey. Mm-hmm. We're going to need a Monica, a Rachel, and a Phoebe. And a Phoebe. Okay. So some great characters and characters of, of personalities in that crew. Very much so. Let's start out with the boys, though. Okay. Let's get our Ross down. So, Ross, he was the incredibly affectionate, somewhat awkward at times. Had nerd cred. Yeah. Nerd cred. So who is going to be our Ross? Do you have any ideas of some people you'd like to put on out there? So I'm going to say Josh DeBusher. I like that. Yeah. I like DeBusher there. Definitely affectionate. Was a great, great friend. Had a big heart. Definitely had a little bit of that, uh, the the intelligence. Certainly. You need to be Ross there. He was big into music. Absolutely. And uh, if you're a, my my wife, Amanda, is a a big Friends fan, and so Mm -hmm. I end up seeing a lot of it in the background and ross was into music as well there you go and so there's boom you've got the connection i like this one i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out another name here someone also who had a big heart dave george david george david george yeah good heart a great guy always kind of upbeat personality also very smart guy so yeah. i'm gonna throw that one out there. what's david, david george a teacher now he is well? a teacher okay. out in one of the dakotas i okay. believe okay yeah, yeah. A uh, multi-sport athlete back in high school. Excellent, excellent, yeah. excellent option there. And uh, let's put uh, let's put Matt Wolf in there as well. I I do like that. Yeah. I do like that. In the science field, Matt's a, uh, a great scientific mind of the day. Fits in perfectly yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So you know what though, we got to cast this. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I'm leaning toward Dave George. I think Dave. I like the fit of Dave George there. I just I like that look. I like that yep. feel. I want to put Dave George. Okay. Ross. I like. That's good. All okay. right. We've got a. You might say leading man. You I, might I, say that. I would say it. Okay. I would say it. Okay. Hey, we need a Chandler. Chandler. Oh now, This is where man. our sarcastic, witty, fun-loving friend, the the guy who keeps you on your toes. Here. Yes. Always a quick with a joke. Always certainly. So I want to put a name out there. I want to put Chris Taylor out there. Gosh, Chris Taylor. Now you you ran cross country with Chris yes. Taylor, right? Uh, he always had like a, a sneaky sense of humor. Yes. You think he's quiet maybe a little off in the corner shy a little bit but then he'd hit you with these great one-liners that would just like have the whole room busted up laughing i, I like that and like that's it already that's chandler there okay you got any nominee here oh i do and we've we've talked to him already okay. and he's the sort of resident comedian of sturgis high school and that's yeah. dan carmichael oh this is a good pick yes i could definitely see dan carmichael filling on in that witty sarcasm of chandler bing yeah i think uh, i think in this instance we probably got to go dan carmichael uh, dan carmichael is our yeah. cast for chandler yes yeah. Yeah. All right, we need a Joey. We need someone who's a lovable charmer of the group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We need someone who uh, could play Drake Ramore. <laughs> okay, so who we got here? Um, I want to put out a name. Let's hear it. Ben Pant. Ben Pant. I want to put out Ben Pant. God, that's good. I like Ben Pant. Lovable charmer. Always kind of had that smile on his face. I do believe since high school. Guy does weddings now. Does he really? Yeah, he's done a few weddings. Talked to him at the 10th or 15th reunion. Doing real well, living around Sturgis. Nice. So I I think he could be a good Joey. Well, and Joey performs the wedding in the show for who got married? Rachel and Ross or Chandler and Monica? Maybe for both of them. I don't know. (laughs) Again, the show's on, but I'm not watching it. (laughs) It, It's good to know how (laughs) much expertise you have here, Al, on TV, whether it be this or Game of Thrones. (laughs) You know the basic name of the show. I got it all That's all control, you need. For sure. So we got Ben Pant. Who else do you want to throw out there, Al? I'm going to throw out this kid just around the way. 
Uh, Adam Cook. Oh, okay. I like yes. that. I like Adam that. Adam Cook, man, everybody's friend, always high energy, just a great guy all around. And, you know, I think Joey has a, a reputation of, of being smooth with the ladies. Mm-hmm. Adam Cook, he was striving to be smooth <laughs> with the ladies. I don't know if we ever achieved it, but it was not for lack of trying. Uh, we'll, we'll have to check in with Adam's wife now to see, uh, <laughs> yes. see if he brings the, the whole uh, yep. Joey Tribbiani uh, look there. Yeah, hey, he, he, did, he had success with one, and that's all that matters. So <laughs> that's really all that yeah. matters. Uh, how about Derek Barnell? Ooh, what Derek do you think about Barnell. Derek Barnell? Here? Well, you know, Joey was always sort of the eye candy of the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Derek Barnell, uh-huh. he's a pretty handsome guy yeah. back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Probably still is. I would Probably think so. Probably still is. I'm going to, listen, I'm telling myself, he had those dimples. Oh. I, we, when Derek Barnell flashed that smile, he had those dimples. I was jealous, okay? okay. I was right. jealous. So, you know what, Al? I, I'm torn in this group. I'm going to leave it up to you. Who do you think is our Joey? Gosh, I'm going to say... I can almost flip a coin here, a three-sided coin, if that makes sense. <laughs> but I'm going to go Adam Cook on this one. All right. Yeah, I like that. I like All right. Adam Cook. So we got our group. We got Ross, David George. Yep. We got Chandler, Dan Carmichael. Beautiful. And we've got our Joey, Adam Cook. Gosh, imagine just hanging out with those three guys. <laughs> what a crew. That That is definitely a crew. Yeah. And that would be interesting. Yeah. So let's, let's put some girls in there okay. to actually, I don't know. Keep these guys in line yeah. a little bit. Yeah. All right. We need a Monica. Ooh. Now, Monica is the mother hen of yeah. the group. She was a chef. She was known as a perfectionist. She was a little bit of a type A personality. No, definitely type A. I was competitive. Say, yep. A little bit obsessive compulsive. Okay. But you know what? Had a heart of gold and was really the rock of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kept, the, kept the group together. You need someone to keep a group functional, especially, you know, high school age kids, yep. early adulthood. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's throw out let's throw out Heather Anders. Okay, I like this name. Yeah, Heather so, uh, Anders, a band kid, mm-hmm. uh, a section leader, always just sort of very level headed all the time. Yes, kept everyone on task. Yes, yeah. I, I like this. Yeah, I think she could definitely fit on in with that. Uh, I'm going to throw out Chelsea Hodgson. Ooh, okay. Another person who was a larger than life personality. I hear was a little bit competitive. <laughs> yeah, uh, would, would, I can uh, see that. I think played some sports. Mm-hmm. And therefore was ready to kind of take the lead on things. Yeah, yeah. There is one other name I want to throw out there. Let's hear it. Okay. I want to throw out Amanda Kirk. Oh, my gosh. Now, here's why I want to throw out Amanda Kirk. Let's hear it. I think it's the perfect fit. Uh, Listen, so you watching Friends. mm -hmm. If there's any ever sort of contest, a game, whether it's you know a mental game or mm-hmm. physical game in friends monica has to win yes you and i have played <laughs> lots of games our families and our friend group have played lots of games with amanda i don't think there are two people who have lost to amanda more <laughs> than you and i and she'll never let us forget it oh no no, no she would never let us forget it but you know what here's the thing she is smart enough i don't feel bad losing to her no i don't so we got amanda kirk mm-hmm. heather anders and chelsea hodgins as options now you and I have enough sense that mm-hmm. we know what pick to make in this well, situation. I think we're going to make the best pick, too. Yes. I think it is definitely your wife, Amanda Kirk, Amanda Bobolik uh-huh. now. And I think that this – I feel very good about this because for our group of friends, she was the mother hen. She was yeah. one of the people who helped us together, yep. helped bring us together. Yep. And for that, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And you know what? If this uh, podcast was hosted by Sarah Lacey and Megan Trevigliante, maybe maybe Chelsea Hodgson would be the, the pick. And I think that's one of the great things about recasting these shows yeah. is that you always drift towards your friends, the yeah. people you spent time with. But I'll put my friend Amanda up against anyone's Monica because Amanda, she was our Monica. Yeah, and you can see that every other group had, the, had their own Monica. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right. And so this, I think, will make her – 
very happy because she, Amanda has listened to exactly one episode, <laughs> and it was the Savina episode, yes. and we recast that 70s show, and she was up for the the role of Donna, and I got a strongly worded text <laughs> message from her in the middle of the day one day. Well, how Look, dare you not choose me as Brie Donna? Clemens was the perfect Donna. Yes. As Amanda is the perfect Monica. Yeah. There was no shame in losing to Brie Clemens no, on that one. No. no. Let's give Amanda some running partners here. We need a Rachel, mm-hmm. a dedicated type A personality, someone who is a striver, someone who is uh, going places, and somebody who will keep you on your toes. Yeah. Fashionable at the same time. Yes. You know? Yeah. I'm going to throw out a name. I like this person. I actually was in fourth grade class with this person. Oh, okay. I have kept up very, very much on top of things. Megan Trivigliante. Ooh, that's a very good name. Now Megan Yoder. Uh, I've seen some of the work that she does now. Uh, I know at one point she was running or working with Klinger Lake Country Club, doing some great stuff there. I'm I'm all in. Megan Trevigliante is my nomination for Rachel. Who I you like want to that. Nominate? I'm going to throw out uh, Jamie Borget. Ooh, I like that too. Yeah, Jamie Borget, and I think even had the similar. What was that? The Rachel hairstyle. Oh. Jamie may have even had the Rachel hairstyle. I don't really pay attention to women's <laughs> hair. I don't even notice when Amanda gets a haircut. And it's a, becoming an issue. Anywho, um, but Jamie this podcast is now just becoming marriage therapy for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to Jamie Borgen as our Rachel. What do we got here? I, I like this. I like this, Al. Just a a kind-hearted person, heart of gold, mm-hmm. uh, always looking for fun, uh, up for an adventure, yeah. which I think was Rachel as well in mm-hmm. the Friends show. So that's that's my pick is Jamie Borgen. Okay, well, how are we going to settle this? What do you think? A fight to the death. <laughs> a fight to the death. <laughs> All right, if these two fought, Megan and Jamie, who do you think would win in a fight? Uh, I'm going to say, actually, I think, you know, my initial – Inkling was Jamie, but then upon further consideration, I think Meg T would just be in so incredibly scrappy that she would take it. So I think we got to go Meg T. All right, we're going Meg T. Meg (laughs) T, you win the part of Rachel, mostly because we're thinking you might beat Jamie Borgen in a fight. (laughs) And I have no idea if that's true or not, but that's the fun of this podcast. Whatever we want to do. (laughs) We make all the rules, folks. We make up all the rules. Okay. We need a Phoebe. The last character, Zany. Oh. Would be the, the word to describe her? antics, eccentric. Yes. Wrote smelly cats, for, <laughs> for God's sake. I think this is this is the position that I think is the hardest. Because I think we have so many people that would make great Phoebes. It's an incredibly deep bench that we have. After watching some of those Trojan visions, I want to put Elise Hayes out there. Ooh, that's an excellent pick. That's an excellent pick. She incredibly underrated in our class for how smart and witty and just fun she was. Uh-huh. And I think probably... Uh, Similar along the same lines, Ashley Warnament would oh, be a I like great, that too. would be a great Phoebe. Absolutely, yeah, same kind of person, just sort of, you know, a goofball in the halls, march to the beat of their own drum a little bit. Okay, you want to talk about funny, wacky Angie Rockacheck? <laughs> I want to put Rockichuk. Angie Rockacheck out there. Like <laughs> yeah. she would make a fantastic Phoebe as well. And Angie, like, uh, and this is completely complimentary, but like, would be willing to debase herself for a joke. Yes. You know, didn't was not concerned about oh how am I going to look if I go talk to this stranger and like mm-hmm. and, and make some sort of weird comment or joke and that was the the beauty and the genius of Angie. Yes. Yeah, I like that pick. A name that was thrown around a little bit last week or last episode by Savina would be Jessica Brubaker. Another fantastic, yeah. fantastic Phoebe. I know Savina said it, and I I mostly agree. Jessica, one of the funniest people from our high school yep. class, that would fit right in with Phoebe. Always willing, again, the antics, the jokes, the the slapstick comedy. <laughs> yeah. There weren't many people, male or female, who did physical comedy the way Jessica oh, did when we were high school. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent, yeah, just a true cut up. 
And there's one other name I want to uh, put on out there. Okay. Somebody who was taken too early from us, Holly Rao. Oh, man. Uh, again, yes. somebody who was absolutely unique in their way and zany and would always put a smile yeah. on your face. Just a great spirit of a person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, Al, I think any one of these five could be our Phoebe. Gosh, what do we do? Who do we go with? I think, again, any one of these would be fantastic. I feel like we got to go Jessica Brubaker. Yeah, we do got to go. Je- and apologies to the rest because you're all fantastic. You're no. all fantastic. I also feel like what would Savina do? She'd go with Jessica She'd go Brubaker. Jessica Brubaker. So we're going to go so Jessica Brubaker. Go. Okay. So we got Jessica and Meg T and Amanda Kirk hanging on out with Dan Carmichael and Adam Cook and David George as our friends renting an apartment in Manhattan that they never should be able to afford. <laughs> The rent control must be absurd in that part. Hanging at the coffee shop. Hanging at the coffee shop. Wait, who is the... Uh, Who's who, Gunther? <laughs> so I was just going to ask who Gunther would be. Who's Gunther? Who had like who had bleach blonde hair? What? He didn't have bleach blonde hair. Oh. But you know who Gunther is. Who's that? It's Vandekoppel. <laughs> Vandekoppel. Oh, that's perfect. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, have we got a treat for you. We have our first duo interview. We have Matt Wolf and Ryan Haller. Oh, welcome aboard, guys. How you guys been? Very well, thank you. Thank you. Doing very well. Well, this is a it's a huge treat for both of us. Yeah. Uh, I know we go way back, high school, middle school, elementary school, and it's great to get. You know, I think anytime we can get some of those great duos talking Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. been has been really special. And I think you guys kind of fit that. Wherever Matt was, there was Ryan. Wherever Ryan was, there was Matt. And you guys had such a great. You know, your percussionist and band. uh, You had such a great relationship. Lots of similarities, but had some dichotomy as well and just had a great give and take with each other. So I'm really looking forward to, have, to this conversation. I, I think it'll be great. Now, personally, my first choice was Destadio and Humphreys, but they <laughs> said, okay, Wolf and Haller, they can come on. So, yeah. uh, so why don't we get started here? Matt, what have you been up to the last 20 years? I feel like I've, uh, I've been all over the place. So after high school, I went to Michigan State for a year, and I got bored with undergrad. So I decided to, to go down to Central America for a few years okay. and just hang out in El Salvador. Um, I hear it's lovely this time of year. Oh, it's, it's beautiful down there, especially after they locked up like 65,000 gang members. Yes. I saw that, that headline. I did see that. So uh, very, very beautiful countryside. But after coming back, finished up my undergrad at Michigan State in pre-med, Ultimately decided I'd rather be a drug dealer than a doctor. Uh, <laughs> well, from all your time in El Salvador. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So after that, I, I followed Ryan's footsteps, went to University of Michigan, even though I felt like a traitor at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, finished up pharmacy school there. And then after pharmacy school, I was like, you know what? I love school so much and I love the Big Ten. I'm just going to go to University of Wisconsin. Uh-oh. Um okay. So I went out there for two years for a master's degree and a residency in hospital administration. After finishing up that program, I then moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for about five years as a pharmacy manager at Freighter Hospital. And then... Now, real, real quick, though. Which yeah. was scarier, Milwaukee or El Salvador? <laughs> um, I will say El Salvador. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You had to think I had to think for a while, though. I had to think. <laughs> yeah. And then after Milwaukee, we got sick of the cold, we got sick of Wisconsin, wanted to move down south, and so now we're in North Carolina. We moved down here in 2020, and I'm the director of pharmacy operations at Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist. So, that is impressive. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very impressive. So wow. lots of drugs <laughs> every day. 
<laughs> Lots of drugs. And I know uh, you and your wife have a, a beautiful family. Uh, you keep busy. I see uh, the baseball field across also as well. So yep. uh, you're doing a little bit of coaching too? I am the official head coach. I've been trying to be assistant coach as long as possible, but finally they talked me into being head coach, so I had to dust off the old Little League skills. I was going to say, you got a PHNQ on I do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> that is one thing that Jerry Watson uh, ingrained in us, didn't he? Yes, he did. We actually have our first game on Wednesday this week, and so it will be a, a good trial for me to see how my coaching skills have panned out and if I can follow in Jerry's footsteps. Nice. Well, I, I was going to say, none of us really can, but all of us are going to try. So Jerry yes. is a great coach. Yes. Uh, hey, Ryan, what have you been up to the last 20 years? Yeah, so after graduating from high school, I went to the University of Michigan. I uh, got my undergraduate in philosophy and English and uh, had a nice job lined out on the uh, West Coast. But I had met a girl my senior year of college, and she had a job in Washington, D.C. So and so Hold on a second. She's got a job on the East Coast. Yep. You got a job on the West Coast. Yes, sir. There's one of two ways this can go. Either so we move to Washington, D.C. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, we've been, we, uh, we haven't made too many moves since then. Uh, we did, after our first child, I, I had this fever pitch of wanting to like have the Midwest dream. So I, I against my wife's better judgment, I convinced her to move to Minneapolis where her sister was living. We made it almost two and a half years before we said, absolutely not. Those terrible winters that last for 10 months. I don't know why people live there. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, it's kind of like, hey, I love Sturgis, but it didn't have enough snow. Right, right. Yeah, and it, yeah, there's cold, chilling cold. I want two more months of yeah. miserable cold. Like that, that, like if that's what you want, then Minneapolis is the place for you. So we moved back to Washington, D.C. We moved to Arlington, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. Right. And uh, we have had, we have four kids as of six weeks ago, four kids. Wow. Well, congratulations. Um, and I, I work for a, I, I work for an accounting firm, a, a very large accounting firm called Deloitte. Um, I do not, I don't do accounting. I do, I do federal business development and it's a whole thing. It's it, yeah. very confusing. And I try not to explain it to anybody because it'll just bore them. Well, it um, sounds like the philosophy major was exactly what you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that philosophy major has uh, carried my career for 20 years. It is a, uh, shockingly useful if okay. it ain't broke don't fix it <laughs> oh so it, it is so good to see you guys again um i know that uh we saw a lot of each other uh in high school and have uh, somewhat been able to uh stay in touch but uh with all of our busy lives it's always it's always kind of tough uh as the days turn into months and years it's just great to see you guys again so hey tell us a little bit of what are some of your favorite memories of teachers or classmates at SHS uh, some people you'd like to shout out So I uh I remember one specific project we had to work on it was for Ron Reardon's <laughs> class a big shout out okay big shout out I, I love that class first of all I I don't like English so <laughs> the fact that the shout out for an English class goes to to show that Ron Reardon made it fun but I remember we had to do a project and we ultimately chose the black death or like the black plague. Okay. And, and uh, all the people in the class, I got partnered with Joey Wood mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to sit there and come up with what we wanted to talk about. We're like, how are we going to make the black death interactive? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, without going to jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
So he came up with the idea to buy one of those little ch cat toys, like the, the chase toys that you put the batteries in. And so we put the batteries in and let it run around the classroom. <laughs> As we were telling them all about the Black Death and how it was spread on fleas from rats. Mm -hmm. and, and it was it was a good time. I, I believe that that was one of four or five grades that we had in that class. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm very thankful that you were part of my, uh, my group so that we actually did well and I passed that class. So thank you, Matt. Yes, no. you're welcome. Do you care to, to elaborate more on what that taught you about the English language <laughs> arts? <laughs> it taught me I have to put words together to make a sentence and <laughs> explain how the Black Death was spread from, from people to people. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> like you got an A. Exactly. I think, Ryan, you and I had a, uh, a Ron Reardon story as well. I believe me, you, and Pam Hassinger built a, a trebuchet. Yes, we built yes. a trebuchet. Yes. Um, yeah, so that was really fun. Oh my gosh. Luckily, Cam Hassinger has all of the tools and equipment to make uh, siege weaponry. Uh, and also the willingness to be like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Because I don't think that we would have pulled that off, Alan. Not you and me. Not no, without Cam. No, absolutely not. And like, I don't know, somehow we transported to school. Like, our, our understanding of physics and, and weaponry at that time was basically zero. So big shout out yeah. to Cam on that one. That was amazing, yeah. I uh, I have a fond memory of uh, AP Bio, and we were we were doing the pig dissection. Matt, I don't know if you remember this, but we were all, you know, competent at like understanding the pig's anatomy. But one of the kids in the class had perfectly dissected the skull of the pig, and it was so. Mind you, this is incredibly challenging to do, right? You have to have like just the finest handwork. Like I mutilated my poor pig, <laughs> and everybody else did. But it was Jared Feebig who had best been able to like expose the brain so you could actually see it. Like it was incredible. A jeweler's <laughs> hands, right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You could give me a lot of guesses at that name, and I'm not sure I would have came up with that. <laughs> Incredible. It was, it was amazing, yeah. Now, you guys you guys played football together, right? Yes, we did. We did. Uh, for Ron Reardon and those fighting Trojan football teams, uh, you guys got any football stories you'd like to share with us? <laughs> <laughs> we got lots of torture stories. If right, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I have the, uh, there was the time that, so we, so Matt and I both had this, so we're, we had band camp at the same time that we had football training. So we were going, we had all day at band camp, and then we'd have to wake up in the morning and go to football training. And I still distinctly remember we're sitting in front of the lecture, like first thing in one of these mornings, and Ron Reardon yells, he says, Heller, stand up. He says, horses can sleep standing up. Let's see if you can. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh great way to start the day. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah there I remember, yeah, in freshman year, I think we were both guards at that yeah. point in time. And I, I forget who the center was, but they ended up getting hurt. And so like, whoa, go play center. I'm like, I've never played this position before. So I'm sitting there trying to learn it, just getting screamed at all day long for, for pretty much the whole year because I'm like, okay, I'm playing center. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how to snap the ball and all this other stuff. Um, yeah. But it, was, but it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. Football yeah. was interesting for our classes too because remember, we sucked. Like. <laughs> We, I was we, trying to figure out a delicate way to bring that up, but like I looked at the yearbook I and the it. record was like not great. Yes. Yeah. 
we uh yeah we weren't i like to think of it as all of the other schools had really strong years that year i think yeah. that's uh, yeah it's easier for me to think of it that way um <laughs> But yeah, so we got, I mean, we got trampled quite a bit and we would then of course get trampled in practice by our coaching staff as well. It was, uh, it, we got a, a lessons in adversity. That's just what, that's what it was. Good I, I will, to our credit though, I feel like we we're all like academic All-Americans, right? <laughs> so we had, we had the GPA, just not the athletic skills. I believe, I believe that's what he said. This is, Reardon would often say, this is the smartest offensive line I've ever had. <laughs> if only they could block. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I would like to point out that that was the year that we moved to the new conference. Oh yes, yes, and you, Joey. Those big schools to the uh, to the fray, and you guys did win three games. You beat Nile seventeen to twelve. High scoring affair. You beat Portage Northern fourteen to thirteen. Like that yes, win. that was a win. That's a good one. Yes, uh, and then most importantly, you beat Coldwater. Hey, yes, yes. So, all success. So who cares what happened in those other games? That's right. They're not relevant. <laughs> um, this does bring up something that we have wanted to talk about on the podcast for a while. And I just, I couldn't be the other person. So I want to talk band camp. Um, because okay. I hear that a lot of fun things happened at band camp. It is one of the, the regrets that I have of high school is not being part of the band. I don't regret that at all. But not being at band. <laughs> I regret that. So can you guys tell me a little bit of what happened at band camp? What did I miss? So I think if you go back to freshman year, the big thing was one, you're kind of like, you hear stories going in, like the the hazing or the torture or what have you. The only thing, my big memories from those early <laughs> year classmen band camps is being woken from bed three in the morning, dragged out onto the practice football field to march the show that we barely even knew. Right. There was, there was always a way that you could get out of it and go back to sleep. And like, <laughs> I was willing to do very little shame in my life. I'm going to do whatever it took to get out of these these late night marching sessions. So, do you guys remember? Did you guys do ever do anything to get out of these late night marching sessions? I don't. Re I, I don't remember the late. I mean, I remember the late night marching sessions. I don't remember bailing on them. I, what I do remember, and do you guys remember? It was. I think it was freshman year. It was Noah. Noah Allen was still in the band. Yes. They had pulled him out and yes. taped him to a chair. <laughs> yes. They brought the chair into the middle of our tent, and they're like, "Get him out right now!" And so we're ripping all this duct tape off of Noah. <laughs> It was like the first day, so we're like, okay, all these crazy stories right. absolutely have to be true, yes. you know? Um, so I, to get out of these late-night marching sessions, one one year they said you just have to kiss the 50-yard line, and I was like, well, okay, I'll do that. Oh, yes. And then oh. the next morning, you find out what they did to the 50-yard line. Yes. And uh, I think I spent the rest of the day brushing my teeth. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, yeah, go ahead. I just, you know, the thing about, you know, band and band camp, a couple of things I think are worth noting about band in general is that for us in the block schedule, for people who were in band, it represented 25% of their high school. And so it became like this really cool group of, you know, microcosm of the school. And it was really fun. Like I, I some of my most fond memories are around band and the groups of people in the band and the, the things that we were doing. Yeah. Because I, even breaking down further, you know, there's a hundred kids in the band, but there's, you know, 15 percussionists or 15 trumpets. Right. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it sort of breaks down into sex even further. Yep. 
And I, I remember specifically, again, going back to the duo here of Ryan and me. Yeah. Just getting absolutely sick of the concert percussion where we had this <laughs> play like the triangle and, and the xylophone. I'm like, I didn't sign up to do this stupid stuff. <laughs> so, so what am I going to do my senior year? Let's learn a, an actual instrument. Tuba. So, right. so both of us decided like, you know what? What's the easiest one to learn? Tuba. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, we did two by our senior year. Yes. And so I we picked up the... that at all. Yeah. So I yeah, sat the... back and played tuba. Yes. yes. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. Just learning out of boredom and like slight trolling to Mr. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, it, I mean, concert concert percussion is boring. I mean, there's. Yes. And Matt and I, Matt, I, let me not speak for Matt here. Matt was a, a fantastic musician. I could barely read music because all I did was drum. So when they're like, hey, play these bells or xylophone or whatever. And I'm like, e I think we're going to, we're going to let, we're going to let Emily Franks do that. Thank you. Yes. 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 Let's let a Franks take over anything music. Yes. Just give me the vibra slap. That was the one, the one thing in the closet. I'm like, I just want to play the vibra slap because that's my most favorite instrument. like that ball you hit and then it just rattles really loud yes it sounds like uh something you might talk to your son about during the sex ed <laughs> exactly yes <laughs> i also remember we had to do i think it was like kimberly overture and i played the gong there's like one gong beat in the whole thing so uh -huh. i'm like i'm not gonna count 500 reps <laughs> to do my one gong hit i'm just gonna memorize where it is and then go sit in the room and hide until I have to come out, bang the gong, and then go back and hide. Now that you say that, I completely there was that back closet behind. We had the back room. Yes, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. And like occasionally you would miss it, and Ellert would just scream, "Where's all the percussion?" And like you and Nick and I don't know who the heck else was back there would just come calling out. Oh, we thought you were still working with the clarinet. Yes. Smash your dog. Yeah. At least half of the percussion was in that room at any given time. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. I, Matt, I'm just very glad that you spent 25% of your high school career <laughs> so that you could get that one. <laughs> <laughs> and miss it some of the time. Hey, exactly. Exactly. But it goes to show too, like Matt and I spent 25% of our high school careers in band and we still did fairly well academically. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, I, uh, in an earlier episode, I, I, I shouted out as a GPA pattern for myself. <laughs> <laughs> One fourth of my classes, unless I just suck, which I was borderline at times. <laughs> so like, shout out to band for the GPA, you know. Did, uh, did you guys have any teachers that you wanted to give a shout out to? So I want to shout out to uh, Lynn Brand. I thought she was one of my favorite teachers, really taught me to be comfortable, especially with public speaking. And, you know, it's a big deal as you're coming of age and you're, you're you know, in high school, being able to be comfortable speaking in public. And she was an excellent teacher. And I still remember the uh, Joey. I still have never witnessed a Joey speech, and I believe you missed all of my speeches yes. in that same class as my, well. My favorite, my favorite thing is we were in the same class, and we gave like five speeches in that class, and yep. you never heard one of mine, and I never heard one of yours. That <laughs> unbelievable to our great skipping ability. <laughs> I know he's going to give a good speech. We may have been out of the classroom an awful lot. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what about you? I'd say the one that always comes to my mind is Dale Rao. Great teacher. He was he's actually our neighbor out on Waite Road. And so spent a lot of time with him. And again, him coming in, helping us in eighth grade was just a yes. 
a huge thing, especially like we didn't, we didn't really have direction. I remember for what, two weeks during oh, eighth yeah. grade, yeah. we were doing human pyramid wars because yeah. we didn't have a teacher. That. So we like get on ourselves like pyramids and march towards each other <laughs> and then see which pyramid topples first. And that was our, our eighth grade math education until Dale Rao came in and, and gave us the time of day and then made all the difference through freshman yeah. and, and sophomore year as well. And like the stuff that he taught us still sticks with me today. Like, I always do. Oscar had a hunk of apple. There we go. <laughs> remember, Oscar had a hunk of apple for for trigonometry and, for and trig, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. That that was a real, I think, benefit for us, especially well, in the situation we were. It's such an irony too, because we were falling behind or about to fall behind, and Dale Rao comes in and propels our whole class into advanced math. And then we hit high school and we were out of our, I don't know, I forget what well, we test out of the original we, core we one. And, core one, so we got to yep. go right to core two. And then, uh, and then moved very quickly from there. So, I mean, it was, it, it turned out to be a real benefit. What was uh, a, a very a, a tragic kind of situation there. Yeah. Now, and, I, I will say though, one thing, Matt, that that pyramid building did help us build a pyramid at the junior progressive party oh is that where we had to like climb through the ropes yes yeah. and we did it in three seconds flat our team <laughs> right up there so that did prepare us for that but no you're right Dale Rao prepared us for a whole heck of a lot more and yeah. he is he really is truly missed in Sturgeon he is yeah he is now you guys were a part of football but you were you know sort of these uh, high achievers academically but you were also sort of role models in, about the school were you both a member of D.A.R.E.? <laughs> yes, yes, we were. Yes, we were. were you both a part of peer assistance. Uh, I got into peer assistance my very last year. Up to that point, I, I was out of. So I only had one year in peer assistance. Right. Were you in peer assistance, Matt? Yeah, I was there the whole time. Okay, now here's the question that I've asked everybody <laughs> who's been in peer assistance: Did you ever peer assist anybody? I met with one person. <laughs> one person. All that training, all that help, and everything. I met with one person. Well, I'm I sure. Don't, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember what we talked about, but I just remember like, hey, they need you for peer assistance. I'm like, okay. So I sat in a room, like how are things going? We just kind of chatted about, about life and just whatever they wanted to talk about. And that was the one session we had. And that was my only input to peer assistance. Well, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it was meaningful knowing you that, yeah, you were, you were ready to answer the call at that moment. I'd say I'd say the bigger piece of peer assistance was the Camp Fort Hill, where we go spend a week at Camp Fort Hill, just like messing around, doing icebreakers and, and get to know each other better and, and help sessions and stuff like that. Ultimately, what it came down to is usually like capture the flag. I was just going to say Every that capture the flag night. event was the uh, premier capture the flag of my yes. life. Yes. I'm pretty sure that about 75% of the extracurricular activities at Sturgis High School were just an excuse to go play capture the flag at Camp Fort. <laughs> yes. Now, Ryan, did you assist anybody? No. No. Okay. All right. Okay. So we got one out of two. <laughs> we got one out of two. I'm pretty sure you got to remember for peer assistance and me, you got to remember that I applied every year and was rejected every year. But having no shame yeah, yeah. teaches you. And Joey, I know you're familiar with that. Yeah. Um, teaches you to uh, persevere. And uh, so, you know, I, I got in that senior year, I was able to go on that senior year uh, Camp Four Hill trip with the team that was amazing. Um, but no, I did not ever uh, uh, <laughs> assist anyone. All right, so that Matt puts us at one out of three now. So yes. said she never talked to anyone either, so. And that brings us to the end of part one of episode nine. Stick around for part two 
as we put Matt and Ryan to the test in the Trojan Wars, and the four of us draft our ideal high school crew. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at part two.